Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. I'm your host, Dre Evans. Ike, unfortunately, is not able to join us in the studio right now, but we had a phenomenal episode today with Bradley Krishbaum. He's a U.S. Naval pilot. He works for doing the asset management side of the house with Symphony Capital Group here out of San Diego. He talks a lot about the balance of being able to run a full-fledged multi-million dollar real estate business while underway overseas. He actually recorded this podcast underway on an aircraft carrier. So he just talks about how he's able to balance being a naval pilot, that, that time management of doing that and running a business, which I think is critical for a lot of people because a lot of people are probably wondering, well, how do I get started in real estate or start any business for that matter? And I have to work a full-fledged nine to five. He talks about the other goals he's working towards of writing a real estate book. He talks about networking and communications and relationships. He talks about uh, asset management in general, like what it is and the role that he provides to Symphony Capital and how all the different relationship structures within a real estate business come together, such as investor relations and raising capital, such as the acquisition piece where someone is underwriting a deal and networking with a broker. So I think it's a phenomenal podcast for the military types, as well as those that want a lot of tips on time management and how to scale effectively. Let's get into it. So Bradley found his passion for real estate investing while serving as a helicopter pilot in the U.S. Navy. Bradley's skills as a naval officer have helped him become the bedrock for his responsibilities because he's the director of asset management for Symphony Capital Group. Bradley is also a graduate of Mark Marquis University. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Bradley, how you doing, man? What's up, Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, I know we kind of built a lot of few common ties <laughs> in real estate. And it's a funny story. As you know, we were connected in the same circle for a couple of other cats in, in Symphony Capital Group here in San Diego. And yep. Uh, yep. for listeners, if you don't know, so Bradley and I are both a part of the War Room, which is a, a veteran-only military real estate mastermind accountability group that meets as zero six in the morning, virtually every Saturday, but then they have your individual squads. They break you off to two. And if you don't know what a squad is right in the military, that's a big thing. It's kind of like a small subset. Cause you have like a squad and then you have like the squad leader, then platoon company, battalion regiment, all of that, just a hierarchy of ranks. And usually the squad is about, you know, maybe it could be from wherever somewhere between five to nine people. And so we meet Sunday morning at seven and we hold each other accountable with our goals, our highs, our lows. And Bradley, long story short, was added to the group. And uh, I saw the Sifty Capital at the end of the email and I was like, oh man, we got the missing member because I'd have met all the other teammates and not this guy. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast, bro, for sure. So uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your story 
how you got started in real estate. This is going to be fun, Dre. I can already tell. <laughs> well, look, I'll explain how I found you in Military Millionaire because I'm actually deployed right so the audience knows I'm actually at a hotel in Guam uh, with an aircraft carrier for the last six months. And I've got three more months to go. This is the third time I've seen land in the last six months. That's pretty nice to be here. Unfortunate we can do this. Uh, but I tell you that for a few reasons. And, and one is because I actually met a commander on the ship who I had met through networking on bigger pockets three, four years ago. And he was on this same ship that I'm out on. And he said, Hey, look, you, you're doing a lot of stuff. You should be a part of the war room. And that's how I got connected into that. That's what really made me pull the trigger. His, oh, nice. his, um, yeah, his suggestion. And I've been following from military to millionaire, which is for folks who don't know the general, you know, forum and real estate group that uh, supports is all veterans, supporting other veterans and networking, getting into real estate. And I've been following that for a while and was pretty impressed. And I thought the war room would, would be a good idea because you got a few more people who want that weekly accountability and, uh, and networking. And there's a pretty good pretty good crew of a hundred and so people that, uh, David who runs from military to millionaire has put together. So that's how I, I really got into that. And the other reason I throw all that background in there is because anyone who's thinking about getting into real estate, I'm doing this from the other side of the world right now. I can tell you right now, Dre, I think I'm going to check two boxes here. And one is being probably one of the only people that you ever interview that's bought nearly 500 units while on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the other would probably be just to show people that there's, there's no excuses because of the times own differences. Most of my work is, is digital. It's through email or networking predominantly with Symphony Capital Group at this point. I've kind of been on more or less a sabbatical. So I do what I can with my network and, and with the email I do have. But it's all being done between the hours of pretty much 12 p.m. to 6 a.m. local. I mean, that's when I have time to get things done. So if I can do it from the other side of the world in the middle of the night, <laughs> you can do it from <laughs> sunny, sunny San Diego or wherever you're located. That's right. And of course, we're going to make this more about you, but it's funny you mentioned that. And that's why I was excited about this podcast, bro, because I get it all the time. I'm an active duty Naval Supply Corps officer and everyone's like, how the hell do you do you do this? Mm-hmm. Buying these syndication deals, buying multifamily, running a meetup, yep. running a podcast, pushing out articles, pushing out books. It's like, how, how are you doing this? And you're still required to be a lieutenant and lead. And, you know, we're both O3. So it's not like we're, you know, coming as ensigns, you know, still trying to earn a pen or whatever it may be, or just not having leadership abilities, as you know, as an O3, there's more required of you. You know, I, I want to, obviously I know my perspective and I'm getting up at three, four in the morning to make it work and giving up my weekends and also my nights after I, after I hit the weights in the gym, but you already talked about that 12 to six, what other, let's just talk a little bit more specifics of what other tactics or things that you're doing, your regimen, your routine to stay on top of, or even educationally, right? Still educating yourself that you do to stay, to continue to be a lion in the arena in the real estate arena while being active duty. For sure. So my day right now, uh, to get into it a bit, my, my trade is a helicopter pilot. I fly the MH-60 Romeo. And right now I'm what's called a disassociated tour. Anyone who's not familiar. So at some point in your military career, you're usually going to do one or two tours that have very little to do directly with what you were trained up to do, right? In this case, I'm a shooter on the Carl Vinson, which essentially means I'm launching jets off the catapults and um, the shooters on the aircraft carrier are division officers for the different divisions that are a part of the air department. So the air department has maybe 800 sailors in it. 
And I'm the V4 officer. V4 basically means the fuels teams, the guys who are refueling aircraft, managing the fueling systems, bringing fuel onto the ship, offboarding fuel. And uh, there's 116 sailors in my division. So pretty much the day is, you know, everyone's getting up at uh, six or seven. It's a full day of checking in paperwork, checking on uh, the equipment, getting on that my division and vending, launching, being refueled that whole time. And I'm either, you know, seeing what's going on with the division during that, or I'm out on the flight deck launching aircraft, which is a pretty unique thing to be doing. But there's a lot of things that coincide with multifamily real estate, let alone other business models. You know, there's a lot of attention to detail, two-person integrity, you know, keeping accountability that goes into being an officer of any flavor in the military. And uh, I can definitely tell you that I'm going on year 10 here and I'll be walking out of the military uh, officially in June. I actually just got approved to leave. So I've got that going for me right now, but I'll be going full-time with Symphony Capital Group. And uh, I'm excited to bring a lot of skills and a lot of a lot of capabilities that the military helped me hone over into multifamily real estate as we keep this going. But more toward education and how I'm staying sharp every day. I mean, I've got a stack of podcasts and books that I've been cranking through for the last half year. I'm just seeing what's going on in the industry, what other teams are doing and where they're finding you know, good opportunities. More towards uh, understanding what's going on in the market. Neil Bawa has quickly become my favorite numbers guy when it comes down to commercial real estate. I mean, he's a syndicator. He's got a big brand. But in general, he really gets down to brass tacks when it comes down to what's happening in different regions and different states. And I'll keep put him out there at the top of my list of people that I like to listen to when it comes to getting after the numbers and then understanding what's going on in the markets, especially post-COVID crash and you know 2020 and beyond. Yeah. You know, our team in 2020 was kind of like, oh wow, is the other is the other foot gonna drop or where does where does the world go from here? And um, I think quickly the understanding of what's going to happen to real estate as uh, you know assets appreciate and cash becomes less and less valuable has become more and more obvious, but that wasn't quite how we saw it at first. We weren't really sure what to expect. But um, you know, in general, um, there's a few few magazines that have to do with and without real estate. The Economist, I like to keep my ear to that. I did a lot of economics courses and minored in econ when I was at Marquette. Um, so that's just kind of my natural interest and what I like to pay attention to. So it makes it relatively easy. Aside from that, you know, I've been going through Jake and Gino's courses once again, just to stay stay fresh on underwriting. That's not my forte within our team. There's you know, four principals at Symphony Capital Group, but I like to you know keep up with uh, the numbers and be able to talk to everything when we're getting into a deal. So I've been running through that again, just to stay sharp and uh, maintain my capabilities as we keep looking at opportunities this year. Because our wheels have started to turn a lot faster than they had been. So I'm excited to get back and hit the ground running in 2022. There you go. So you're a part of their mastermind as well, the Jake and Gino? Yeah, so I'm actually not. Funny enough, I, it, and that's really just come down to attention span right now. I am a part of Military Demillionaire, like I said. I'm not in Jake and Gino's mastermind. Sorry, Jake and Gino. I, I, I love listening to those guys. I'd love to be yeah. with them and talk real estate or just have a beer. They're the kind of guys you want to do business with. But um, no, no, I'm not true. Well, you just mentioned their courses. So I was just curious. I figured that you say you were you stay fresh with their courses. So I figured that was because you are part of the group. Have bought access to the courses and just appreciate their style and listen to them constantly. But in terms of kind of spreading out the network, I've been leaning towards, I guess, leveraging that veteran component and appreciate uh, some of the things that we're getting out of our current mastermind. I'd definitely suggest, you know, to veterans looking at multifamily or real estate in general, definitely check out for Military Millionaire. I think there's a good growing crowd 
there are solid operators who have been doing this for a while. All right, good, good deal. Well, let's dig a little deeper to more, some more meat and potatoes. So you're, you're obviously right. You're a pilot. You're, you're a professional, military yeah. professional, naval officer. How are you able to leverage those skills as a military professional within real estate? And also, too, I'll, I'll throw a double question at you. What advice would you recommend to veterans wanting to get started in multifamily real estate as well? Sure. So I think there can be kind of a loss in translation moment when you try to figure out what do the things I do with the military work well with in, in any other sector? And then as you talk to other people and figure out what their experience is with, you know, the job that they had after college through their 20s, see what they learned, what they got their hands on. Regardless of what you're looking at, multifamily or not, as a young junior officer, you will realize, oh man, like I'm, I'm definitely the only guy in, in my team or, you know, <laughs> relatively anyone that I ever really networked with in San Diego that was standing in front of a hundred something people saying, this is what's going on. Here's what we're doing. Oh, by the way, tell me all the problems you have that I need to report about. Tell me all the things that I need to keep accountability for. And there is a level of, I guess I've used the word twice, but there is a level, level of accountability that you really need to assume as that JO and you're going to be managing day in and week out. And that's something that pairs well with multifamily because however you're breaking it down, regardless of whether you're on site property management, using third teams, dealing with contractors, you need to be able to understand who's accountable for what and who's managing what in particular when you're shopping out of state, right? I mean, whether you're shopping in state or out of state, if you're not on that property constantly, you need to understand how to keep someone reporting to you and how to pull out the issues that might build into something larger, right? Get down to the issue when it first kicks off and is a minor problem before it becomes a major problem. And I think there's a lot of skills associated with what you and I have seen that work well to that end. But in terms of... Um, suggestions or I guess advice for guys who are just looking at real estate or in particular multifamily and are from the veteran community kind of go along the lines of what I did. And that was understand that I do have particular skills that I can offer, but understanding the business model and the business itself wasn't necessarily something I wanted to take on and grind through myself. And luckily for me, about four or five years ago, I read the book, Who Not How. And within five minutes of reading that book, I knew I was going to look for teammates and there were going to be teammates that had the right experience within real estate already. And that would just amplify my capabilities because I could bring my capabilities to the team and the teammates could bring that, that experience that I didn't get in my 20s. And it would be a good meld. So in particular, especially if you're going to take down something that's kind of as grandiose and a large concept as multifamily, whether it's syndicating or buying within your own group or whatever that's going to be. I would look for some experts or some guys who have spent the last five to 10 years within the realm and see how your skills pair together. And frankly, that's what I spent about a year, year and a half doing. 2018, 2019, I was, I was networking and hunting around a few nights a week looking for the guys that I thought were able and willing to go the distance with the concepts that I had. And that's how I fell into uh, symphony capital group. There you go. And so you, obviously you talked about how you, you met a couple of your partners like Alice and, and Jeremy and all mm -hmm. those cats. But at that point, how did you learn more about multifamily investing? Did you have a foundation then, or were you still learning? Like talk about how you were able to learn about multifamily. The timeline is a little bit. I graduated from Marquette in 2012, immediately went to flight school, and then got out to San Diego in 2014. And by 2015, 2016, I had already dabbled with single family in a few ways, pulled the trigger on some, some single family situations in SoCal that went fine, but I immediately knew that 
Well, I'll put it this way. Everyone uses the term, are you thinking about getting into real estate or I'm getting into real estate? Real estate is a broad, broad topic, right? And I wanted to get into real estate, but I knew that multifamily and the commercial arena is really the business model I wanted to pursue, but I was hampered by my capabilities and didn't see how I could do it at the time. And that again, goes back to that who, not how that made me look for teammates. So I was looking at single family, dabbled in some things and knew that I was only doing that because of my current capabilities. So in those earlier 2012 until 2016 years, I was just reading a lot, hitting the books, going online. And from the books, I mean, all the big ones, anything that was being published, excuse me, published by Brandon Turner over at Bigger Pockets. When I read Brian Murray's book on investing in multifamily, that, yep, crushing it. And that was my hook right there and just solidified what I wanted to do. And I, I also highly suggest going to the textbooks themselves, like find your alma mater, look up the real estate courses and find what textbooks they're suggesting. And you'll really get into the nitty gritty of understanding like cap rates. That's how I really figured out a, a large, large, you know, textbook worth of value on cap rates and debt service coverage ratio and how, how the banks are going to appreciate the real estate that you're getting into. You can really only do that at a textbook level. It's hard to absorb enough podcasts to get into all the detail of something like that. Yeah. So crack open some serious textbooks. And, and that really helped me wrap my mind around what I was really getting into. Good deal. And speaking more about Symphony Capital, tell us, right? So you're the asset management for that. Tell us more about what that role entails, like for listeners who don't know, what is asset management in, in terms of multifamily and what did that role entail for you and why it's important? Yeah. So once you pursue the business model syndication, there's a few different operations and flows that you're going to have to manage. One's going to be the investors. The other is going to be looking at you know new properties that might be a potential, potential opportunity. And a third lane is going to be the properties you already have on hand. And right now, I almost have to speak to this theoretically as I've pretty much washed my hands of all these operations during this year, making up for it with the team by working extra and contributing extra on some other financial fronts and whatnot. But within that asset management role, you're really paying attention to the property contractors and property managers that are working the facility itself. So within multifamily, it's a true business model. There's You're not going to be, um, or I should say, at least when you're getting to the larger scale, you shouldn't be looking to swing a hammer and hang drywall yourself. And you're looking at you know, who's going to bring the best, uh, the best value and get that done for you. But ensuring that you're working with the right teammates and that those teammates and those contractors are responsive and uh, actually backfilling syndicators and the owners on what's going on with the property, ensuring that the property management is uh, also communicating with the day in and day out of what's been happening with the property. It sounds kind of like a small detail, but it adds up because when you're talking about losing one or two folks from their units, you're talking about losing the rent rate average for a bedroom across the United States, two bedroom is $1,600. So if you lose just two people because property management didn't inform you that shady things have been going down at the property, your property management has, you know, kind of been kicking things under the rug in terms of that cockroach infested infestation or whatever the issue is, you want to be able to jump on top of it and ensure that you know, decisions are made so that management or contractors can execute to keep your property running as a, as a full-fledged business model. So that's kind of what asset management really entails. There you go. Well, on the second part of our show, it's called the legacy round. So it's an open forum on your favorite acquisition that you could have done with Symphony Capital that you felt changed the trajectory of your life, or it could be practical tips on how to grow a portfolio or how to build your investor network. 
So I'll leave it open for you to choose, Brad. I'd go with practical tips. The first is, you know, some people would say invest in your own backyard. I'm a bigger fan of the phrase, invest in what you know. If you know the numbers, you can apply those numbers to any backyard, right? If things aren't looking good in your neck of the woods in middle of nowhere, X, Y, Z, pick your place, you're probably not going to want to invest in your own backyard. But if you know numbers and you've, you've learned these concepts and understand what things should look like on paper, you can go shop around in the right areas and make that still work for you. The first time I ever told someone that I was even considering buying an apartment complex, quote unquote, out of state, as everyone says, this friend of mine immediately said that that sounds like the way you shouldn't do it. Isn't that kind of dangerous? Is that a risk? How does this unfold? But the real risk could be jumping into something that's right next door and makes no sense, doesn't actually work, and is actually a huge liability that you perhaps default on or lose a ton of value in. So I would definitely say, you know, be open to looking outside of what you think your current scope is. And frankly, at Symphony, we kind of fixated on on a small area, just a few locations in the Southwest. And that was to further enhance um, our communications and the amount of times we were talking with brokers and, and looking at leads that we had in, in certain areas. But once we opened up the scope a little bit and applied our our capability to see values in the properties we look at. We're looking at 80 unit and greater properties. We've syndicated an 89 unit, most recently a 351 unit in Houston, as well as a smaller property back in January. But once you apply your knowledge and capability to a larger area, you're going to find more opportunities because the opportunity doesn't have to land within that small scope you were looking for. Things will still make sense. The numbers will still still work if you've done everything correctly. I would allow your scope to be broader so long as it so long as it supports a good deal that makes sense for everyone. Okay. All right. Well, the the final segment of the show is called the Giordano Round. As you know, this is the multifamily by the slice podcast. The Giordano's is the number one deep dish pizza place in Chicago. <laughs> it is Italian and it stands for the flow of things. So we want our listeners to walk away with some knowledge that slice and knowledge they can apply those practical tips. So this is going to be a series of four questions, rapid fire style that you'll just answer. The first one, routine is key. Describe what a typical day looks like for you and how small daily discipline tasks have helped you be successful. I know you talked about this a little bit, but just go ahead, maybe just give us a time. Like I get up this day, I do this, this, this. When I'm back in San Diego, it's much more controlled than it is here. So when I'm home, <laughs> it's up early, definitely by 6.30. And I'm probably reading, seeing what's in my email and just clearing that out. And then seeing what's going on with the world. I have a few RSS feeds and a few channels that I've subscribed to. And I just get their their 30 second bite of what happened over the weekend or, or last night. What are those uh, and once I, My favorite's probably... I get a weekly clip from The Economist that goes over mostly financial movements and market movements worldwide. I just like to pay attention to that out of, of pure interest. A lot of that will involve the Federal Reserve, which is I could go on for about six hours about how that's both enhancing and hindering the market that we work in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that one, I've, I've listened to that or looked at that for the last seven to eight years now. But there's quite a few good feeds out there that, that you can find. Neil, Neil Bawa, again, when I start looking at multifamily itself, if he's got a webinar coming up or a clip about something, I'm, I'm scrolling through that. Uh, aside from that, um, breakfast, work at eight. Work's going to be, you know, all things Navy until about 1600. And then that's usually when partners are done with their work or they are full-time symphony as well. So depending on what they've got going on, we're usually rendezvousing right around dinner time to catch up on what things we were pushing forward this week or what we got done with the day. And then, um, 
I've got a few rocks that I moved for Symphony in terms of finding more affiliates, finding more investor leads. And I'll work on that at night and see where we can find some of those opportunities. Good. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass to listeners to help them, what would it be? I, I will go back to that concept of who, not how. I would say that I pulled the trigger on single family for a little while there, predominantly you know, out of wanting to build an experience and do something, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily something that I was a hundred percent behind. Like I can tell you right now that I have full faith and confidence in multifamily and commercial real estate and both the business model and what we're offering investors. And I did not see myself scaling within single family solely because I wasn't a hundred percent behind the product realistically. That's not where I wanted to scale. That's not what I wanted to you know, put all of my time and effort into. And if you're not where you want to be within multifamily or outside of multifamily, look for who can help you. And it will, it will absolutely, absolutely multiply your capabilities uh, faster than you can do so on your own. Not just teammates, but coaches, right? A business coach, uh, a health coach, whatever it is that you want to improve, look for someone else who does it better and learn, learn from them. Vocab, what are your favorite three most critical real estate terms, specifically to multifamily, that investors should know and why? I would say the first is cash on cash. It's your annual before tax cash flow divided by the total amount of capital you had to invest into that into that investment. And cash on cash to me is the golden goose of, of real estate and part of why I wholeheartedly believe in using commercial real estate as the bedrock of where your wealth is coming from. Because a lot of these syndications and these uh, opportunities are going to offer you a 7% or greater return every year cash in your hand. And that right there is equaling the general market, the general stock market's historical returns that most people are trying to get by well, you know, investing in low-cost index funds. So if I can basically secure that money in my wallet with multiple different ways to minimize or erase my tax liability on that cash, if I can do that every year, effectively acquire what the market would have offered me on average and still have the income producing investment as well as appreciation sitting there waiting for me to one day coop it, very interested in, in anything that produces wealth like that. So cash on cash, I like that term because it's all about you. It's what you're getting out of the investment. Another one that is more about protecting yourself is the debt service coverage ratio. If you are looking at being a limited partner and you're shopping around looking at opportunities, uh, you're going to have a lot of big numbers thrown at you. And most of them are talking about upside. If you can find or you know, obviously ask for and they're going to give it to you what the debt service coverage ratio is, it gets you just a good quick glance and overview of you know how, how large the expenses are against what kind of operating or net operating income the property's creating. And uh, the worse that number is, then you know, the thinner the margin really is. There's a lot of other factors that go into, go into this. But for me, that's my favorite first look at you know, what the liability here might be and how much margin the team has to work with in terms of keeping this profitable operation. Um, the third is going to be probably the operating expense ratio. The operating expense ratio is going to be your uh, operating expenses against your gross operating income. And this, again, goes into you know, protection and downside. But it's also something to look at in terms of where there's opportunity. A lot of teams, including ours, uh, the 89 unit property that we picked up, that has a, a large opportunity on it for us to decrease some of the expenses uh, that were being run by the last family management team. Expenses were up and there's a large margin there for us to get rid of those 
uh, just through pure, effic- pure efficiency, excuse me, applying rubs, low flow toilets, doing a little bit of insulation on a few properties that were just leaking heat and just burning gas. And in that operating expense ratio is where a big chunk of opportunity can be found on these properties. And as you start digging into numbers, it's something I like to glance at and see where the team that you're looking at working with, seeing where they're taking that expense ratio from and where it's going to and just analyzing what they're getting out of that property. All right. Education is critical in this business. What books or mastermind groups will you recommend our listeners immerse themselves in? We actually already mentioned this as well, but Brian Murray's crushing it. If you're looking at syndication from the GP or LP side, it's a great combination of understanding the property numbers and understanding how these properties function while while tying in Brian's story of how he really got into commercial real estate over a decade ago. I think it's a good combination of both numbers and, and an interesting story. Masterminds, I'll say I wasn't a believer. I'll put it that way. I wasn't really a huge believer until about three years ago where I saw mastermind participation really start paying off for other people around me. And part of that is because you get some you know, you get some interesting characters promoting masterminds out there. But in general, concept of having somewhere between, you know, 50 and 500 other people in your network that you're able to touch base with and they're in they're in the same uh, sector, the same category of things that you're doing, it becomes very powerful very quickly. And it's also one of those important pieces of showing up, right? You can only get opportunities if you show up. And I could rant about how that has changed the game for us in the last three years or so. But being in a mastermind is a part of showing up. No one in that mastermind is, is going to reach out, out to you for help or to assist you unless you're unless you're in touch with them. So two that I would suggest right away for the veterans, join from the that in a free and uh, most forum where you can ask about all things real estate and all things financial. But if you want to really dig into real estate of any form, the war room is well worth it. It's, it's great value between the people that are in there and the price tag that it costs to, to participate. And the other, I'll, I'll do a plug for Ellis here. Kingdom REI, one of my partners, is co-principal at Symphony Capital Group. Ellis Hammond hosts Kingdom REI and it's very faith-based um, real estate entrepreneur-driven mastermind. And he has some, he has some serious heavyweights that are part of the leadership team in that mastermind. Now I'm very impressed with where he's taken that in the last two years. And that's growing into a great, a great thing for faith-based leadership. There you go. All right. Well, I thank you for your time, Bradley. How can multifamily by the slice listeners best get in touch with you or learn about the services that Symphony Capital provides? Symphonycapitalgroup.com. You can email me Bradley at symphonycapitalgroup.com. And we're all we're on social media as Symphony Capital Group and, and Bradley Kirschbaum. So you can find me on any of the major platforms. I appreciate it, bro. I just want to end with one last quote. It's the quote that I have tatted on my forearm that I just live my life by. At some point, there is no excuse. Either you'll do everything it takes to make it happen or you don't. So thank you for my listeners for your time, Bradley. Thank you for your time, bro. Really excited for this. This was great. And have a good night. Thanks, Jay. You too. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.